Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon. Houston, we have a problem. It's Shelly Barr. She's the problem, Houston. Everything's A-OK here in space, but Shelly Barr is a problem. Roger that, Houston. Roger that, Apollo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Roger that, Hildebrand. Yeah, okay. What is the problem? Uh, it's the problem you're Shelly-ized. Shelly-ized? Yeah, Shelly-ized. Shelly-ized. You know, Shelly-ized. You know, like... Like like my philosophy. It used to always go by the dry cleaning places, and they used to always say that you're... Martinized. You're, yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. Do you, well, have, do you know what that is? No, what is that? Is that Martin come in and, like, you know, give his blessings to the shirts or something like that, or what? You know what? I always wondered that. If they go, oh, your shirts are Martinized at this dry cleaner. Okay, what's Martin? I don't, I don't see that anymore. Is it kind of like Corinthian leather? I think it's BS is what it is. Like, there is so no, it is like Corinthian leather. I think there is no such thing as, as, as you know, there is no. Remember, we looked that up. It was It's it's yep. actually on Wikipedia. They, some marketing guy just came up, and they had, they had uh, what was his name? Uh, Ricardo Montalban, and he did that yep. Corinthian. He did that. He rolled that R, Corinthian leather. Oh, yes. Corinthian leather. Got to have Corinthian leather in my Car. And I always wanted Clint Corinthian leather. Everybody did because Ricardo Montalban made it sound so good. It wasn't. Yes. It wasn't. See, if you had a Cadillac, you didn't. Or like you know, Rolls Royce or or back in the day, even a BMW or a Mercedes, you just had regular leather seats. But if you had that Chrysler LeBaron, oh my God, it had Corinthian leather. It was just like so much better. People who were like young people going, "What the hell are they talking about?" There was this ad campaign. Uh, for the LeBaron, Chrysler LeBaron, and Ricardo Montalban. If you've uh, and people, some people go like, "Who's he?" If the you plane, ever watch, if you ever watch Fantasy Island, he's the dude that runs Fantasy Island, along with the yeah, tattoo. Yeah, tattoo. I was going. I can't remember his real name was like Villoy Villochez or something like that. Something like anyway. Um, Ricardo Montalban was the spokesperson for Chrysler for these cars, and they said the leather in the cars was Corinthian leather. A leather, which is like, and people go like, wow, it's got Corinth. There is no such thing as Corinthian leather. Leather, They made it up, which is sort of interesting. Because, you know, it was. I was thinking about that just the other day. You know, branding and advertising has so much power. It and really does. Like, for example, I used to have a client who drove a BMW. And she told me one day, with a straight face, and she totally believed this, that her BMW was worth more because she got it from Plaza Motor Cars. And I said to her, so you're telling me that the cars, the BMWs at Plaza are better than like if you bought it like at Auto House or something like that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're better cars, and they have a higher resale value because they're from Plaza. And I said to her, how is that possible? And she was like serious about this. Well, you got to understand that Plaza... When when you buy the car, they do extra things to the BMW to make it ready. And then their service department is, and I said to her, I said, so. They if, put in the kit package. I don't know what they do. So I said to her, so I said, so if you took your car, let's say, and she ran a business at the time. Let's say you close your business down and you move to Chicago and you went to a, you know, a dealership in Chicago to trade your car in and they go, eh, it's a. You know, 96 BMW, you know, 528, whatever it was, 528 IEIEX or LBGTQ or whatever the, the thing was. Uh, 
you you say to him, and we'll give you $10,500 in trade in. And you said to him, well, but it's from Plaza Motor Cars in St. Louis. They go, well, in that case, it's worth $20,000 in trade in. No, they wouldn't know who the hell Plaza Motor Cars was. They wouldn't care. And she insisted that her cars were, was more valuable because she bought. And I'm thinking to myself, that is, and I even said to her, I said, you know why I'm here, don't you? And she goes, why? I'm here to sell you advertising. And she goes, she goes, well, I don't know if I need it. I go, you need it because you've just been sold by the advertising from Plaza. You've been sold by the advertising from Plaza that make, it think, that make you think that their car, the same car that you can buy at any other dealership in the country, is better because you bought it at Plaza. And she, and she goes, well, you can't convince me otherwise. It's, it's a better car. Okay, whatever. I mean, can you believe that? Yes. You can't? <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe that she believed that. Well, but branding is very powerful. You know, yeah, radio is the theater of the mind. But it's the same car. You know, I know it's the same car, but it doesn't matter. Well, you know what? What's interesting about this is when you get into okay, I'll raise my hand. When you get into HVAC stuff, okay, like air conditioners and things like that, okay, and you have to fix them from time to time, which I do. Sometimes when I go to try to buy a part, you look at your your you know your make and your model of your of your like let's say your air handler, which is not like necessarily like a furnace, but it has heater strips in. It's not a gas furnace, but it has heat strips in and, a, and an A coil for air conditioning. Okay, you look on on online, and if you look for a specific part, it'll say that same part is in ten other different manufacturers' air handlers because there's only like two or three companies in the country that make the equipment. Did you know that? I did know that, actually. And what's interesting is one of my guys who uh, who I've known for a long time, who runs and I buy replacement parts from him, he tells me that there are certain brands that they sell to what they call white label companies, where the companies don't actually manufacture anything. And like, for example... Like, did you know in St. Louis, in St. Charles County, Jerry Kelly, who's like the big dude, St. Charles County, he's got, yes. like, he buys not necessarily the best stuff. He buys like... But he mm. brands it for himself. Exactly. He puts, he has the company put Jerry Kelly. That's not, that's not a carrier. That's a Jerry Kelly air conditioner. Really? What's the, oh, well, Jerry Kelly's are better. You know, carriers are just, eh, they're just average. Jerry Kelly has got, because it's got Jerry Kelly's in him, it's the best. They spend a bunch of money advertising. They spend a bunch of money promoting, and hey, Jerry Kelly's the best. And yet, you know what? He may, or, they may or may not be the best. I mean, you know, as far as their equipment is concerned, maybe the worst. You don't know. You know, I mean, that's that's power of branding. You said it, the power of branding. That's yes. why. That's why when we thought we put the show. I mean, how many things do you remember from the seventies and eighties that were branded? Well, quite a few. I mean, you know, for example, there's still, you know, sayings that, that, you know, sometimes I feel like a nut, sometimes I don't. You know, there's that one. You know what I yep. mean? Right. Okay, but here's the deal. Branding is so important. When Shelly and I decided to do the show, when she, when she tied me up one day and said, we're doing this show, I don't care what you say. Okay, fine. And I said, well, let's, how we got, it's important we brand the show. So Shelly came up with all these great names like, it's a beautiful morning. It's the show that puts you in the bright mood. It's We were going to call it Sunshine in the Morning. We were going to call it Your Morning Wake-Up Call. And then I said to her, I go, Shelly, that's all BS. And she goes, oh, that's it. BS in the morning. That's how it happened, right? <laughs> that's as close as it's going to get ever. 
<laughs> I came up with all the, all the great names, and Shelly called BS and me, and that's how it ended up being BS in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and just so you know, it stands for Brad and Shelly. Yes. Where is your head this morning? Yeah, just like just like the the show in Las Vegas at KOMP ninety two point three is BS in the morning because it stands for Brittany and Sparks. Even though Brittany is no longer with us and Sparks quit or got fired, it's still BS in the morning because it originally yeah, was B- it, it is was, it was Brittany and Sparks. God, you know what? I read something else about her the other day. That was so sad. Here's, it was very sad, and she was such a lovely person. Oh my God, such a beautiful woman. If you don't yes. know the story, she she worked in Las Vegas. Um, in fact, she had an interesting interesting career. She worked for NASCAR for a while, and she worked at a couple other stations. Originally, originally from North Carolina, for whatever reason, she got fired in in Las Vegas. Uh, she moved back home with her parents for a while. I think it was in North Carolina. Then went out on, on some uh, some job interviews in Las Vegas. A couple years later, after she got fired, no, about a year later, after she got fired. And she went back out to Las Vegas uh, to possibly work for one of the competitors to the station she had originally worked at and was in Las Vegas and unfortunately killed herself, which was, you know, like sort of like, okay, where'd that come from? You know, I mean, one of those sad things. And then Sparks, and then they hired Izzy, and it was still, who was a woman, and then it was still BS in the morning because it was, it was Izzy and Sparks. It should have been is in the morning, not BS in the morning. And then they fired Sparks. And he still, I think he still has BS in the morning, dot, BS in the morning dot com, doesn't he? I don't know if he doesn't. It should be ours. Yeah, we should. You know, I called him a couple times to try to get him on the air, and he won't talk to me. Uh, That's uh, because he has B envy. <laughs> he has BS envy. I'm not going to touch that one. Okay. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see if it's still BS in the morning. I'm typing this in. By the way, have you heard this unbelievable thing that happened? What? Go check out radiopoop.com. You're not going to believe what happened this morning at 4 o'clock. Yeah. It, BS in the morning forwards to Sparks Radio, and it's got, oh, it looks like it's, you know what? I think I think the fish man should be working there because when you go there, oh, you know what? It just says, please check back soon. It's just got this crazy weird skull with, with uh, you know, lightning bolts coming out of the skull. It just says, please back check back soon. What Does we, it really? Yeah, that's all it is. It's just got it just got this crazy little circle with a skull with a big mouth open and lightning bolts coming out of the skull and it says, Please check back soon. Wow, I wonder what happened. Maybe you know, I got a feeling that he probably registered BS in the morning dot com and the station wasn't wild about that because he owns the domain. They're probably suing him or something like that. They're they're probably saying, If you don't if you don't give us that domain, we're gonna come and we're gonna drop a load of poop in your front yard. And then it'll really be BS in the morning. We're going to do that in the morning. We're going to drop, drop a load of manure in your front yard. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it be funny? It would be hilarious, actually. And you know what? I have to say Can something. Can we target that? <laughs> I have to say something this morning. I have come in this past weekend. I don't know what it was. I have come in contact with some really grumpy, crabby, nasty people. And you know what? You know what? what I you know what I find out what makes grumpy, crabby, nasty people even grumpier, crappier, crampier, uh, crappier and nasty nastier? What? You smile at them. There's something about smiling at somebody who's like being a jerk to you that really ticks them off. 
Why is that? That's very true. And and you know why that is? That's Brad. That's Brad's rule number forty-two of human interaction. And you know what the rule is? What's that? People elicit the response from responses from you that they want. And if they don't get it, then they really get sideways. The idea being, if they want to tick you off, they'll say something that's going to make you mad, and they want you to be mad. And if you don't get mad, then they get mad. Because, well, I said something really nasty to you, and you didn't get mad. You smiled at me. I'm going to punch you in the nose because you smiled at me. Okay, let me think about that for a minute. <laughs> What's wrong with that with that equation? It doesn't quite work, does it? Doesn't quite work. I had a situation Saturday where I had a, a, a once again, People out there, do not retire. You become, especially men, I don't know about women, but if you retire, you become a grumpy, old, crabby-ass man. And when I say ass, I mean donkey. That's what you are. You're like a crabby donkey. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Are we going to talk about your Saturday? (laughs) Maybe later. It's 627. It is. BS in the morning, Westplex 107.1, AM 1350, crap, K-R-A-P. Shelly, where did you get that Facebook post you sent me yesterday? Which which one was that? The crap transmitter site. <laughs> oh, I got that off of Facebook. Actually, um, it was a uh, an FAA person that, uh, did you know that, that, that posted that. Did you know that person? I did, Phil so, Dixon. So yeah. they're a friend of yours? Yeah. Did they know that you're involved with crap? No. I haven't talked to him in years. It's funny. If you don't know about our AM transmitter site, by the way, I was there cutting the grass on Saturday morning. That's me cutting the grass, talking about hands-on ownership. (laughs) I'm the guy out there cutting the grass. And by the way, I must say, I apologize for KSOQ on Saturday. Uh, We had tower inspection. Uh, Guys come out and inspect the tower. And uh, there's a rule with the FCC, and not only just a rule with the FCC, but just common courtesy. Uh, when they get next, get up on the tower close to our antennas, we got to turn the antennas off, the, the transmitter off, so they don't get radiated. Because these are young dudes, and they ultimately want to have kids. And if you get too close to that, uh, those antennas on the tower that are radiating, uh, it changes your molecular structure, especially if you're a dude. I don't know about dudettes, but with dudes, it changes things. So... Unfortunately, the guy got sick up in the tower. Did I tell you this story? No. Yeah, he was up there for a couple hours. This this thing, we turned the transmitter off a little bit after 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. And he, they were supposed to be done by 11. And um, he's about an hour and a half into the job, and he got sick. And had to come down. And, and I think it was he just got too hot. And they gave him a break. And anyway, then, he, then they had to go back up, and they ran into some problems. And didn't get the transmitter back on until about 7 o'clock on Saturday night. So, once again, problems with the KSOQ transmitter site. And Is that man okay? I checked. The the guy who's the head dude, um, he said he was fine. I think he just okay. got, a, he got a little overheated because it was, it was... It was 10,000 degrees outside. Well, not as bad as it's going to be today, tomorrow. I mean, the entire week, if you, the forecast, I think 92 today, 96 tomorrow, 97 Wednesday, 98 Thursday. Oh, man. Here we go. Okay, and by the way, speaking of weather, we'll have uh, Jennifer, what's her name again? Wojcicki. On in just a minute, if you're not aware of this uh, storm, another storm. We had storms last night, yesterday afternoon, uh, into early evening, and then early this morning. The storms have pretty much left the area. Uh, If you're heading to the east, 
you might be running into storms if you're driving to like uh, Indy, stuff like that. They are right now just pretty much nailing I-70 between St. Louis and Indianapolis. I mean, it's, it's they're just all over the place. But the majority of the storms should be out of the metro area. Eh, we'll take a look at that. Eh, some still still up in North County. Still some parts of St. Charles County. This parts of St. Charles County that nobody lives in, you know, over by Alton. You know what I'm talking about? That area. Mockins, that area over there. You know what I'm talking about? Mockins. You know where Mockins is? No. Mockins is one of those areas. Um, it's They call it West Alton. It's actually in St. Charles County. You know, when you go you go up to Fast Eddie's, you go up north on, on 367, whatever it is, 67 they call it nowadays, and you cross the first bridge. That's the Missouri River Bridge. And now all of a sudden you're in St. Charles County. A lot of people don't know that, that when you go into North County, when you cross the first bridge, you're in St. Charles County. And then when you're driving along that stretch, there floods all the time. Right before you cross the Clark Bridge into Alton, that's St. Charles County. That's And Mockins is a little place up there. Portage to Sioux, where the uh, Amarin, Amarin Uwe power plant is. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's we a- used to have a uh, four-family flat in Portage. You did? Yep. You rented it? My parentals did. You lived there? No, it was a four-family flat that they owned. Did they have to clean it out every time it flooded? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, because everything... And is... that's where their boat was. It was in Venetian. Everything in Portage to Sioux floods. Unless, and some people have rebuilt, and they put the, like their house on stilts, or they put it up on a great big hill, like we have the crap transmitter site, which is it's just ironic. Those people in Warren County, I won't say anything bad about them. Maybe at least not today, but... I mean, I've owned the station for, what, 23, 23 years now, stuff like that? And they still won't let me do anything because, well, that area floods all the time. Hasn't flooded in 23 years, okay? I mean, if it flooded every year, I go, okay, I got it. I agree with you. But it's like it's like Chesterfield Valley. People still say, well, you know, I, I, you ever hear there's people who are like anti-floodplain development? They'll say there are two kinds of levee. Have you ever heard this before? Um... Two kinds, I don't know if I have. Go on. There are two kinds of levees. One, levees that have broken, and the second, levees that will break. So in other words, they're essentially saying, no matter where you're at down the floodplain, you're going you're gonna to get flooded out. You know, who knows? They keep building stuff in Chesterfield Valley, you know? I mean, who knows about what's going on there? Right? Chesterfield Valley, they don't seem to be afraid at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once again, the crazy thing about this is, I know from personal experience, when I was dealing with Warren County, if I ever mentioned Chesterfield Valley, oh my God, I'd get in trouble. Don't even talk to us about Chesterfield Valley. Everything they did down there is illegal. Everything in in Chesterfield Valley is illegal. They violated the law. They violated FEMA and and Corps of Engineers, blah, blah, blah. I go like, okay, now hold on. We've got multi, 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 multi multi-million dollars worth of development. It's the, the city of Chesterfield, which is sort of like, you know, like the straight arrow community. I mean, like, if you think people are pulling crazy stunts, do you think Chesterfield's doing that? I don't know. I no. I mean, what the point being is, there's 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 communities in the St. Louis metro area that you always read about in the papers, like, oh, okay, well, it's so and so. You know, there's always crazy stuff going on in some of these communities. You know what I'm talking about? There's yeah. Just weird stuff going on, and yet it doesn't seem like Chesterfield. God, I still remember years ago. I shouldn't bring this up. The mayor was the mayor at one point in time was upset with St. Louis County, and he was talking about moving moving into into St. Charles County. Remember this? Because the whole deal is it's a complicated deal. I won't go into the thing. They don't get all their, their sales tax revenue because 
after, any cities who incorporated after a certain date in St. Charles and St. Louis County, they don't get 100% of their sales tax revenue. It goes into a pool, and then they give, like, for example, uh, I believe it's still Wildwood gets more, however much money is being collected in sales tax revenue, Wildwood gets more money than they collect, and Chesterfield gets less, mo- less money. So the mayor, I think his name was Bob Nation, He's like on this one-man crusade. Well, we're, we're going to move into St. Charles County. I'm going like, great, we'd love to have you. I interviewed him on the air, and I said to him, I said, you know, part of St. Charles County is in your side of the river already. And he went, what? He didn't know about that, which I thought was interesting. Here's the mayor of Chesterfield. He didn't, know, he didn't realize that part, and this is like one of these stupid little footnotes in history. There's part of St. Charles County that's on the opposite side of the river from the rest of mm-hmm. St. Charles County. And there's another weird thing like that. There's part of... Isn't it an island? Well, it's high, technically, it's, it, it is depending upon how high the river is. It's got this strange little, little I don't know if you call it a slough or something like that, that separates it from the, the, the Missouri... Once upon a time, the Missouri River changed course. And there's another weird thing. There's part of, there's part of Franklin County... That's across the river in St. Charles. In that's in that's in uh, St. Louis County, um, which is uh, uh, part of a deal of the river change there. And the same thing with like on the Mississippi. There's one there's one city, I believe it's still there. They might have moved it because it flooded all the time. There's one city uh, in the Mississippi north of Cape Girardeau that's on the Illinois side of the river, but it's in Missouri because you know the river changes. It's at global warming stuff. It is. <laughs> By the way, have you heard? I heard this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you statistics that I, I read this morning. I thought was fascinating. Um, i tell you what. Let's do that next break. Um, okay. Can I say something really cute? No, go ahead. Chris Highfield just texted me, and he's praying for us today. <laughs> what did we do now? <laughs> he said nothing. He's praying for That's us. That's what I asked him. I said, well, thank you, but why? <laughs> he said, just because that uh, you were on my mind. That's all. You know, can I tell you something he doesn't even realize? What's that? I get these crazy, weird notifications on Facebook. And sometimes I'm thinking to myself, I'm not even a part of that group. Why are they mentioning? And there was some lady who was on Facebook saying that she and her kids, she's a single mother, moved into, um, I think, into the Troy area in Lincoln County. And she went to, and apparently she's a black lady. I think this is what the thing is. And she went to a local church. She wanted to take her kids and herself to a local church. I'm not making this up. This was on Facebook. And she wanted to join the church. And one of the parishioners of the church told her that she was at the wrong church. The black church was down the street. <gasps> no. It was, on, it was on Facebook. So... There was all these people saying you should go to this, ch-. and I I posted on the page because I read this. I go, well, I don't know if, you know if this is true. I feel sad. Uh, sorry for this lady because that's not right. You know, right? Re- no, it's not religion. If there's ever a place that when you show up <laughs> to go to church and they shouldn't care about what your sex is, what your race is, what your you know uh, sexual orientation is, whatever, it should be a church, right? Aren't churches yes. supposed to be all welcoming? Unfortunately, that's not the case. I posted on the page. I said, I said, I know you say you live in Lincoln County, but just drive down 4061, go east on 70, get off at the T.R. Hughes exit, get on the South Service Road, and you need to go to Grace River Church. Chris Highfield is the pastor there, and he's a great guy. And I think I linked him in. I think I put a linked him in on his personal account, his Chris Highfield account, that she should go check out Grace River Church. So 
I'm doing my 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 ambassadorship for Grace River Church. But can you believe? And you know, people. That's what happened to me on Saturday, which I won't go into great detail because if I go into great detail, I had someone be very nasty to me, and it involved a dog, which I don't even have a dog. <laughs> I'm going like. I don't even have a dog. Did you get goosed by a... No, it's um, just weird stuff. It's just like, it's like once again, it's like, well, I won't say anything. I won't say that. Anyway, next break, we'll talk about the Israeli uh, problem with COVID. And it's actually sort of fascinating because it goes, it flies in the face of everything we're being told in the United States from Dr. Fauci and what's the lady's name? Uh, who's the lady name? Kaczynski? What's her name? The, CD, I, I the no CDC idea. lady? who at first came out and said, it's okay for your kids to go to school with no masks, and then somebody yelled at her, and she said, oh, no, it's not okay for your kids to go to school without masks. Okay, whatever, the, whichever the way the wind is blowing today, that's what the rules are, okay? Any way the wind blows. That's Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Yes, it is. Right, okay. Uh, see, I'm not as dumb as you look. <laughs> 646, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Shelly, I'm going to tell you something you're not going to believe. What's that? Of my top five songs of all time, that is number two. I believe that. I love that song. And I first time I heard it years ago in Z1077, thought to myself, God, I love that song. Avril Lavigne, who I don't think is married to Chad Kroger anymore, Kroger, Kruger, whatever his name is, from Nickelback, which, by the way, once again, what is the deal with everybody making fun of Nickelback? I'm listening to a quiz show on NPR over the weekend. Why? I love Nickelback. So do I. I don't get it. Why? Well, Nickelback, Nickelback's the world's worst group. Hey, they got some no, great songs. Not. Okay. I mean, do you know that Chad, that his brother is the bass player? Do you know that? Anyway. I did not. He was a boy. She was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? He was a punk. She did ballet. What more can I say? He wanted her. She'd never tell. Secretly, she wanted him, him as well. But all of her friends stuck up their nose. They had a problem with his baggy clothes. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. She had a pretty face, but her head was up in space. She needed to come back down to earth. Five years from now, she sits at home, feeding the baby. She's all alone. She turns on the TV. Guess who she sees? Skater boy rocking up MTV. That was You can tell that's an older song because they don't rock up MTV anymore. She calls up her friends. They already know. And they've all got tickets to see his show. She tags along and stands in the crowd. Looks up at the man that she turned down. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. Sorry, girl, but you missed out. Well, tough luck. That boy's mine now. We are more than just good friends, if you know what I mean. This is how the story ends. Too bad that you couldn't see. See the man that the boy could be. There is more than meets the eye. I see the soul that is inside. Haven't you heard how we rock each other's world? He's a skater boy. <laughs> that was like story time at Barnes and Noble. Aww. Are there any more Barnes & Noble stores left? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't the one on Mid-Rivers a Barnes & Noble? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know either. But my point being that that was lovely, Brad. Thank you for that. <laughs> Once again, Avril Lavigne, who, little footnote in history, almost died of Lyme disease. She got bit by a tick. Do you know this about her? I did not. She was in terrible shape. Almost died of, of Lyme disease. Um, seriously. And speaking of that, 
I read well, this. I read this before you continue. What is your favorite song? Your first favorite song? I can't tell you. It's a song that if I said to everybody listening right now, nobody would know what that song was. I swear, I'm telling you. Is it "My Baby Takes the Morning Train"? Uh, it's in the top five. You know, it's funny. It's funny you should mention it because I was eating dinner last night. And the Dolly Parton song came on. They were doing like an 80, 80s rewind show. And Dolly Parton, the 9 to 5 song came out. Did you know originally that was the name of the, the Sheena Easton song? Uh, it was going to be called 9 to 5 because she said, he, she takes the, uh, what's the here number? She takes the morning train. No, no, he takes the morning train. Remember, she's yeah, at home. He she's, works from 9 to 5 each day. Exactly. That's the line. Yes. And that was the, the name of the song. I think they actually released the, the song in England as a 9 to 5. That was the name of the song. And then they changed it to Morning Train because then the 9 to 5 movie came out with the soundtrack and with Dolly Parton singing the title song of, you know. Which working I, 9 to 5. Working 9. I always thought it was cool because you listen to it, there's a typewriter in the song. Nowadays, people go, what's that clicky sound? What is that? What's that clicky sound? <laughs> what is it? What is it? That would be my IBM selector. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> this is true information. This is no BS. Okay. 90% they're having a problem. First off, this is about Israel. Israel is the country, the number one country in the in the world that has the highest percentage of their citizens vaccinated against COVID-19. They, It's like, it's like, I think it's like 93%. 93% of the people that live in Israel have How taken... How did they do that? Uh, because they put, you know, people in Israel. They they did a campaign. Here's what's bizarre. They're having a terrible problem with ba- breakthrough. 90% of the people who have COVID-19, who are in hospital, they're hospitalized, hospitalized, 90% of them have had the vaccine. Which one did they get? Pfizer. They're saying that in Israel, the Pfizer vaccine is only 39% effective against COVID-19. That's the, this is in Israel. And these are legitimate statistics. I checked them. That they're having because, once again, and the interesting thing about it is, which is interesting because in the United States, most the, the numbers are really weird. Most of the places that have, like, this COVID-19 breakout within the last, you know, three, four weeks or so, it's like 90% of the people have not had the vaccine. And Israel is just the exact opposite. 90% of the people who are hospitalized have had the vaccine. And they're saying that the Pfizer vaccine is only 39% effective. And apparently that was the big, the big vaccine they got in Israel. That most of the people got vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine. It worked for the first round of COVID, but in this, whatever, the, the new for phase four. Or variant. The variant, the, the Delta variant. It's not effective, at least they're not in Israel. I mean, is that bizarre or what? I wonder if it has anything to do with the temperature. I don't know. I mean, it's sort of weird. I mean, you know, because it goes against everything and, and, and of course... I mean, because it's like 100 plus over there on, as a standard, is it not? It's Yeah, it's hot. No doubt about that. Rochelle Walensky, uh, thank you, smartest woman in the world. And by the way, she also says Martinizing is a dry cleaning process. Uh, it's a brand name for dry cleaning. One hour dry cleaning process is called Martinizing. Thank you, why smartest woman in the world. Why couldn't it be Shelly Eisen? Exactly. <laughs> Who's Martin anyway? I don't know. We'll find out. It's 658. <laughs> yeah, it is BS in the morning. We are on Westplex 107.1, also AM 1350 KRAP. Hopefully, KSOQ will be back with us soon. Had some technical problems there with the internet. Thank you, CenturyLink. Or not thank you, CenturyLink, whichever the case may be. 706.
I am Brad. She's Shelly. Web address for the radio stations. What's a web address, Shelly? Westplex1071.com. And what's... And the address for the show is bsinthemorning.show. What's the web address for crap? krap.online. No, you always get that wrong. It's krap.website. krap.website. And what's the web address for KSLQ? KSLQ.com. Very good. God, you are really good. Okay. Uh, And what about Podcaster? That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-R-R dot com. And don't forget about Radio Poop this morning. By the way, first up, remind me, i got to go back to Radio Poop, but I have to go back and I have to apologize about something I said last break you got mad about. I said, I'm not as dumb as you look. I know what you said. Okay, go ahead and say it to me. I'm not going to do it. No, go ahead. Just say, I'm not as dumb as Brad looks. How's that? I'm not as dumb as Brad looks. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now we're equal, right? <laughs> okay. First, well, I'm not. <laughs> first off, radiopoop.com. Okay. I started this, I don't know, two, three weeks ago with the idea that once upon a time, Jerry Berger and the people in Post-Dispatch used to follow radio. Nobody follows radio anymore. Nobody talks about all the crazy. And there's all sorts of crazy. This has been the strange, weird year. I could sit with somebody for two hours and tell them bizarre, weird stories, what's going on in the radio business, and people wouldn't believe me, right? I mean, there's been stuff that's happened this year. It's, that if, if it's I, pretty, pretty cray-cray. Yes. Not going to lie. For example, today's the first day that Tracy Ellis gets her radio station on the air. And what's interesting about it is, and I'm not fun making fun of Tracy. Tracy's another one that she has admitted that I got her in the radio business. I got her hooked on the radio business. She's a real estate lady, her and her husband, okay? She has gotten this bug in her that if you're not ultra conservative, like, for example, Jeff Allen, the guy who run, who ran 97.1, and Mr. Conservative, who started this new station, um, News Talk, STL, he's a very conservative guy. She says he's a liberal. So unless you're like crazy, 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 crazy right wing, everybody else is a liberal. It's all shades of gray, you know, like 50 shades of of conservatism. And (laughs) no, seriously. There's 256 shades of gray, Brad. Well, well, what's 50 shades of gray? No, whatever. Uh, Anyway. Okay, so cut it down to 50 if that makes you feel better. Well, that's the name of the movie, 50 Shades of Gray. Remember that? Yes, I I, I know what the name of the movie is. Boy, those are great movies. Anyway, by the way, so so all this crazy weird stuff's going on behind the scenes. And some of it is, like, sort of funny. I mean, because, once again, it's if you ever watch, like, for example, if you ever watch, like, companies that compete... And sometimes they do crazy, weird stuff. Like we talked about last week. Remember we talked about that deal with the, the couple that lived in the Boston area that got attacked by by the eBay executives? Remember the this, this story of the eBay executives who stalked this, 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 this couple because of the fact that this married couple because they were writing stories on their website about, about eBay? and about, you know, Like, for example, I complain about eBay. They changed it around. If you sell stuff on eBay, it doesn't go into your PayPal account anymore, which is to me it's like, okay – PayPal. Where does it go? You have to put it into your checking account. If you put stuff on eBay anymore, it no longer goes into your. And here's here's the thing that bothers me about that. Okay, it's all a call. It's called the float. Okay, people make money. The first time I learned about this, like the very first radio station I worked at, KSOQ, the lady who was executive secretary who just retired from radio, she, Kathy Edelman. She was at 
at Camelx for a long time, CBS, Odyssey, whatever it is now. Every day at 5 o'clock, she called the bank right before 5 o'clock. She called the station's bank and said, sweep the account into our savings account. And they would take all the money out of the checking account and put it into the savings account. The station had a savings account. And then in the morning, she would call and she would say, okay, take all the money out of the savings account and put it in back into the checking account. Because she was earning interest on the overnight float. Talk to anybody who's in finances. For example, smartest woman in the world can tell you all sorts of crazy stories about this because this is what she did once upon a time. She had a job where she was in charge of a big company. She was like the financial guru of this big company. Okay, And so they make money overnight because if you got like gazillion dollars in the bank, if you got like, you know, 10, 12 hours worth of interest, you get money on that. Okay. So the idea being is that they, they take this money and they move it around. Okay. Take it out of the float. Okay. So this is, this is way back when Kathy Edelman, I can't remember where I was going with this story. I just lost track. (laughs) Where was I going with this? Oh, (laughs) anyway, so, so the idea being is it's all these crazy weird stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you don't know about. So the deal with Tracy, she got all mad because uh, she used to have a show in 97.1. And when the new owners came in, they started making 97.1 not as conservative as it was. It was. They got rid of Jamie Allman, uh, and they changed some things around. And so she decided she's going to go in the radio business. So today her radio stations go on the air. Now, um, I was under the impression, and she told everybody, that she's buying these radio stations. And she's not. She's leasing them. How do I know? FCCdata.org. Just go on that site, FCCdata.org. You can look. You put all call all callers in. You know, you can put our call letters in. Find out. You know where the transmitters at. Find out how much power we have. Find out. You know where all this stuff about us. Um, you know, you find out. And the station she has taken over. She's not buying. She's leasing, which has been a problematic station at best. Ninety-three point three. And I have to tell you a weird, bizarre story. Back in 1994, I co-signed a loan to have the tower built for 93.3. At the time, I thought was a friend of mine, a guy by the name of Randy Wachter, who ultimately screwed me and also almost lost my house over this deal because he defaulted on the loan to build this tower. Not only did I, did I you know, lend him money, I have to help him build the tower. Um, big tower, almost 1,000-foot tower. I personally welded all sorts of stuff. I made the the uh, rebar baskets for the tower anchors. Nine nine tower anchors. There's three sets of guy wires on each each side of the tower. So three times three is nine. I did all that work, and then he turned around and he was going to marry this woman, and he decided he was just you know, not paying pay anymore. And the bank was calling me to foreclose on me. And at the time, his brother owned gas stations. And one day I pulled into the gas station. His brother came out and said, hey, man, I'm going to get you out of that loan because I just realized my brother's radio station is worth something now. So I'm just going to buy that loan from the bank, which he did. So the history of this radio station is the world's worst record. If you go on the FCCdata.org and you look up KRTK, and I'm not saying this to make fun of of Tracy because I hope she straightens this place out because it's been a mess they have been in, in trouble with the FCC since the 80s. All sorts of trouble. Matter of fact, one day 
if you get a major fine from the FCC, it's $7,000. In one day, they got four major fines, $28,000 worth of fines in one day, one day. One FCC guy, you know, problem, 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 problem. And they don't normally do that. Normally, if they come out and ding you, they ding you once. If you got two or three problems, they'll just say, okay, I'm going to ding you on this one big time. I'm going to give you $7,000 fine on this one. But this one and this one, get it fixed and we'll let it go. Not this time because he had like 10 things that were wrong. Randy Wachter, world's worst broadcaster. though terrible, world's worst guy. And if he's here right now in the studio, I'd tell him to his face. Okay, I'd- and what is... Um- the the point of this conversation is I hope she straightens it out. It's oh, been okay. it's it's been a mess and hopefully she even though she's not buying a parent street, she's leasing the station. I hope she okay. straightens it out. I don't know. Because once again, it's like if you've got if like if you're like a car dealer, let's say you're like down in South County where all the car dealers are, you going on, you know, Bomberitos down there in South Lindbergh or like in West County in Manchester. You got Bomberito, you got, you know, Napleton, you got all these different car dealers, okay? If there's 10 car dealers on a strip and nine of them are really good dealers and they really take care of your customers and the 10th one's a jerk and they're screwing customers, what happens to the other nine? They don't... Um, they get the reputation. They, 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 the customer walks away with a preconceived notion that all of them are like that. Exactly. All those West County car dealers are all crooks, you know, because one dude, and I'm not saying there's anybody, I'm just using it as an example. You know, and same thing. Like if you go, like if like pick a place where there's a bunch of fast food places, and you go, well, all the fast food places at the intersection of blah, 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 their food's all terrible. I don't know why, but everybody in that intersection of fast food. There may be one of them that somebody had a bad meal at, but of course they're going to say everybody at that corner that has a fast food place, the McDonald's, the Wendy's, the, you know, whatever, the Chick-fil-A, they're all bad, Okay. I people hope. do that. That's just but that's sad. human nature. I get it. And that's sad. And I hope she straightens this place out because of the fact yeah. that it's caused me problems through the years because people will bring up, what about that 93.3? That station's all messed up. What's going on with that? I go, hey, I have nothing to do with that. And people knew once upon a time I was involved with it. I go, I'm not involved with it. Well, I thought you were involved with it. No, not, it had no, nothing to do with it anymore. Almost lost my house over it. But that's, that's, in the, that's history books. That's back in the 90s. It's over with and done. I hope she okay, does Okay, well. so she's coming online today. Yes, she already should be online. Now, the well, real... Well, good, good, good luck, Tracy. The real interesting thing is, if you want to hear, if you want to read this story, it's on radiopoop.com at 4 o'clock this morning, a van drove out of the St. Louis area and drove up 4061 toward Hannibal. There's a transmitter site. used to be Boost, 94.1. It sits right off the 4061, I believe, not too far out of Bowling Green. Three guys from Newstalk STL, and I won't mention names. If you want to see who they are, you go to radiopoop.com. Got out of their van. One of them put C4 explosive on the door to the transmitter site. The other one hit the detonator. Third one ran in reprogrammed the Schwarzbach 3502 audio codec, and they, they boosted Boost. They took Boost off the air and put their their format on the air. I mean, in at 4 o'clock in the morning, they jumped back in the van, and they left. After giving each other chest pumps and high fives. How'd you know about that? Because I read Radio Poop. <laughs> And you think the radio business is boring. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> oh. Tony, 
I, one of the guys involved was Tony, I retired just like Mark Close Colombo, which is interesting because all these people, when they leave 97-1, matter of fact, you want to hear a funny story? This is a true story. Sure. Mark Close was on 97-1 with Dave Glover. And at one point in time, he got an offer from the Hubbard people because Mark Close is associated with rock and roll and Casey and the whole bit. And this goes back, I don't know, two, three, four years ago. And they decided they wanted to have Mark Close back in Casey. So they approached Mark Close and they say, hey, Mark, how would you like to come back to Casey? And he says, yeah. Well, if the money's right, because it's all about money you know, with Mark. Um, and um, they said, okay, fine. So Mark goes back to the 97-1 people and does not tell them that he's going to Casey. And he says he's retiring because he's an old guy. He's older than me. He's going to retire from the radio business. So they have a retirement party for him, <laughs> like on a Friday. He, he retires from radio business, and on Monday, he's on Casey. Same thing happened with Tony Colombo. He gets on the air, you know, he's on Dave Glover's show. Hey, it's so sad. I've got my dad. My dad passed away, and I, I'm going to run my family business, and that's why I'm getting out of the radio business. I'm never going to be in the radio business again. Guess what? He's back in the radio business. That was a lie. He never intended to do it. He, was, he already had this deal lined up. Same thing with Katie Bailey, I think her name. I've, I'm retired from the radio business. Two weeks later, she's on News Talk STL. I go, why can't that just... Didn't that happen to you once? What? Yeah, it did. I had, I had someone tell mm-hmm. me they're going to retire. And they ended up, as a matter of fact, before they were already going working... Going to at, your competitor? They were already working at the other station. Mm. Yeah. That was Chris Dickhouse, and she went to work for Brian Dickerson. Who? Brian Dickerson. Who's that? Don't you know who Brian Dickerson is? Mm. Okay. <laughs> oh, look, it's 720. <laughs> That's code word for Shelly's think I'm getting into a hole and I'm she doesn't want me to dig in it. She doesn't want me to dig any deeper, right? Is that what it is? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but it's not good time. Okay. Um uh, it's it's funny because of the fact that um uh, Oh, somebody wants to know, uh, FCCdata.org, FCCdata.org. And it's, it's a website where it's not the official FCC website, but it's a really easy website. It's the one I use all the time. You just go in there. You can put in any call letters of any radio station, and you can find out who owns them, you know, where their transmitter's at, how much power. And if you go in and, le- and go in and check, this is, you know, my police dispatcher experience. We used to use this term called check to your own satisfaction. Go into KRTK. Uh, it's really funny because you know what's interesting? They're getting accused of being, uh, Rick and Tracy are getting accused of being somewhat um, vain because RTK <laughs> is supposed to start, stand, stand for real talk, but R and T is Rick and Tracy. K, Rick and Tracy, K. Posers. Yeah. No, anyway. So if you go <laughs> down to the bottom of the page on FCCdata.org and you look at, at the Periods of silence. Periods of silence means the radio station's off the air. And this is what Randy did. He was a terrible operator because he didn't want to run a radio station anymore. So the FCC rules and regulations state that you can only be off the air, for, you can't be off the air for 365 days in a row. So what he would do is he would turn the radio station on, like let's say July 1st, and you can go look at this. It's off the air for like, I don't know, 12, 15 times. He'd turn, turn the station on July 1st, and then he'd turn it off be off the air, be silent. And then on June 28th of the next year, he turned the radio station on for five days, 
file a report with the FCC. He's back on the air. And then after five days of being in the air, he'd file another report with the FCC. Oh, our transmitter broke. And he'd be off the air for another 360 days or something like that. And then after, you know, he did this for years. Radio station was on the air for like five days. Five, four, five days. Sometimes two weeks. And was on the air. And was like a joke. And once again, it's screwing with the FCC. And all the broadcasters, almost everybody in the St. Louis area went, okay, how's this guy get away with this? How come the FCC just doesn't lower the boom on him? We get it. We get that he's playing, the, he's playing the game, you know, that you can't be off the air for 365 days. And he's never off the air for more than 365 days. He's always off the air for like 360 days, 359 days. If you got a license from the FCC, turn the thing on and broadcast. But why did he do that? Because he didn't make any money because he pissed off all the advertisers. He's the guy that canceled schnooks. Did I ever tell you this story? Wow, that was silly. Oh, look, it's 722. Oh, <laughs> you don't want me to go any further? Oh, and somebody's just, uh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Is the smartest woman in the world telling you to move on? No, she's saying they're running promo after promo, nothing concrete. I don't know what that means. Are they, have they not started their, they're supposed to be on the air this morning. They're supposed to be actually their new morning guy, Joe Hoft, who's the brother of Jim Hoft. You know who Jim Hoft is, don't you? No. You don't know who Jim Hoft is? Everybody knows who Jim Hoft is. I don't. Oh, my God. There was a big throwdown at uh, the convention center uh, Friday night. All the conservatives in St. Charles County were there. Nope. Got Can- nothing. Candace Owens was there. Uh, who, there please? Were... Candace Owens. You know who she is? No. Oh, my God. She is so good. I mean, she's she's just, I think her name's, oh, I don't know if it's Owens or Owen. You know what? Mandy. There was a, Candace Owens. Who is she? Uh, Candace Owens. She's a black woman. The reason I mention that, she's a black woman. Um, and she is controversial because she's a black and she's conservative because most black people are liberal. You know, like, for example, you know. Because there were several people, some of my, a lot of my friends were down there. Yeah, that was, they had the big throwdown. I think there were a thousand people there. Um, if you've ever heard her speak before, God, she's a good speaker. She's born in 89, conservative author, talk show host, political commentator, activist, initially critical of United States President Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Owens eventually became known for her pro-Trump activism as a black woman, in addition to her criticism of Black Lives Matter and the Democratic Party. She worked for the conservative advocacy group Turning Point USA between 2017 and 2019 as its communication director. In 2021, she joined The Daily Wire and hosts Candace, a political podcast. She is a, as sharp as a tack. She's one of these women that is like super, super, super smart. And by the way, talking about women, talking about breaking the the glass ceiling in the good old boys club, the new athletic director from Mizzou is a woman. Rock on, girl. Yes. And and she is, if she were president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. I'm telling you. Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Now it really is 725. You know where that's from, don't you? (laughs) Oh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Wayne says, yes. if she were president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let me get her name. Hold on a minute. And she's got a hyphenated name. Got a, you know, i got to get a hyphenated name. I need one. Her name is Desiree Reed Francois. And she is another another uh, um, Wayne's World. She's Babelicious. 725. <laughs> what time is it, Jelly? <laughs> 725. What do you want me to do? Brad, <laughs> it's time to take a break. 
725. BS in the morning, Shelly and Brad. You know, I love that woman's name, Dua Lipa. Isn't that a great name? Name? It's actually a very nice name. And you know what's interesting? It's very interesting. Well, first time I heard her, I interviewed her, her. Let me try again. I heard her interviewed on, I sound like Joe Biden, don't I? I heard her, her interviewed on um, American Top 40 when Casey Kasem was not there anymore and Ryan Seacrest took over and he actually interviewed people un, unlike what he does now. Hey, this is number 32. Number 31's coming up next. Thank you so much. I can count backwards as well, too. Anyway, I remember the first time I heard her name, I thought to myself, what a name, Dua Lipa. Now, you know what's interesting about her music? What? The way they mix her vocals. Why? They don't mix them into the music. She's way out front, and you can hear every single word she says. Think about it for a minute. So many songs yeah. nowadays, yeah. they mix the vocals way back into the music, so sometimes it's like, you know, like Louie Lua. What did he really say? You know, everybody's like, well, I can't really understand what he's saying because the music's too loud. They mix her vocals out front, which is the way it should be. It's like Frank Sinatra. You listen to a Frank Sinatra song, he's, man, he's right there front and center. The, the orchestra's behind him. Frank Sinatra's there in front. They don't mix him into the, they don't mix him into the guitar or stuff like that. He's up right there in front. Okay? Yes, he is. Good old Frank. Okay, by the way, um, here we go again, um, where, and I'm impressed by this, the new, what did I say her name was? Uh, Desiree D'Anser. D-A-S-I, the new lady I was, who... I was too busy listening to you gawk over her. <laughs> okay. She's an attorney. Everybody's an attorney. Doesn't it seem like that? Well, her f- full name is... Hold on, let me look this up. She's 49 years old. She's from Fremont, California. Desiree Don Reed Francois is an American attorney and college athletics administrator who is currently the athletics director at the University of Nevada, Nevada, Las Vegas. Why would she leave Las Vegas? Why? On August 8, 2021, she was named the next athletic director in the University of Missouri. My daughter is an attorney. And one day when she was questioning why she went to law school and became... Oh, hold it. Hold it. Is that my daughter calling? Stop it. Hello? Amanda, is that you? Hello. Amanda, can you tell us about what we talked about? I'm at work and I let you go. Okay. Can we talk about it maybe tomorrow? We're a day late. Okay. <laughs> That's when you called her a day late for her birthday. <laughs> and 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 let me think. Today is the what today today's the eighth of August, ninth of August. How many days late is she for my birthday? Anyway <laughs> the clock's still running. <laughs> that was adults, yeah. Did I say that? I did. Okay. Anyway, I told her, I go, I go, you don't have to necessarily practice law. People are always looking to hire people with a law degree because they know you have a certain discipline. They know that you, A, you do know the law, and B, and I said to her, look how many people in the United States run companies. They're CEO of this company, and they're big, big wig here, big wig there, big wigger, wiggus. A big wig would be a guy. Everywhere, wiggus. wig, wig. Yeah, everywhere, wig, wig. You know, they're they're the, like they're like the the high man on the you know top man on the totem pole kind of thing. Can't even say that. That's an Indian reference. You know, I, all these things you can't say anything. They're like the head cheese. You can't say that. The people in Wisconsin will be mad anyway. They're the people. They realize that someone who has a law degree has a certain level of expertise about business and the law and things like that. That's why they get hired to run companies. That's why they get hired to run Mizzou Athletic Department. And my daughter, well, I don't want to practice law the rest of my life. Okay, whatever. You know, I never could understand that. Why you go to school, you know, for her, what, nine years, something like that, eight years, 
three years undergraduate, no, five years undergraduate, three years law school. I don't get that. I wish I were an attorney. You know, I've told you that many times. I wish I were an attorney because you know what I'd do? I would help all these people to get run over by the legal system. All these people that get taken advantage by these crappy lawyers that, you know, are you'd sh- be the Lincoln lawyer, wouldn't you? I don't know if I, well, but he, but he, he was in it for the money. He was greedy. That, that's an excellent movie, by the way, if you ever watch, watch that, The Lincoln Lawyer. He, he's, he was greedy because it was all about the money for him. But he did help people. He was sort of like the guy who helped the underdog. I would do it for free. I'm telling you. Because how many times, and not only that, it's happened to me where people have said, I've gotten, I could show you letters that I've gotten from governmental agencies saying, you've done this, which is illegal. And I'll go, I'll show up and I'll go, okay. Show me in your rule book, show me in your rules where that's illegal. And you know what? They can't because they made it up. True story. That's not BS? No. That's happened to me a couple times. I mean, how many times have someone said to you, well, you're not supposed to do that because that's against the law. And if you go like, okay, fine, I'll go look up the law. And the law says nothing about that. People are just, you know, they're just throwing that out just to make you like, you can't do that. I mean, I won't mention the county. I got cited for a, a ordinance violation. So, and they, they gave me the number, the ordinance violation. So I went to this particular place and I said, can I see the ordinance? And you know what the lady said? No. You have to buy the book. And I go, what do you mean I have to buy the book? Isn't that illegal? Isn't well, that part of the sunshine law? They use some goofy book that they buy. It's like some international BOCA standard or something like that. And I go, hold on a minute. I can't, I can't look in the book. Don't you have the book here? Look in the book? And the interesting thing was they went, oh. So, like, she gets her supervisor, and her supervisor gets her supervisor, and her supervisor gets her supervisor. And pretty soon I got five women, and they're going, like, well, you got to buy the book. I go, okay, you cited an ordinance. You said I violated this ordinance. Tell me what that ordinance says. Finally, somebody found the book, and they read it, and it had nothing to do with what they cited me. Nothing. It was like totally what was in the ordinance was totally different from what I've got cited for. And I go, you know what? And they said, okay, you're right. We'll rescind your citation. So did they do it? Yeah. Because they cited But See, here once again, once again. But yeah. your point is, is that if you were an attorney, you would have been there to. No, 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 no. My point, my no. point is that that not all, but some people in government in power will just BS you to get you to do what they want you to do. Whether you know, I mean, you know, it's just they just tell you, well, it's against it's ordinance number thirty five zero two. Show me ordinance number thirty five zero two. Well, we don't have it. What do you mean you don't have it? How, how do you know what it says? Well, we know what it says. We went to school on Ordinance 3502. Hey, where can I take that class? You know, I mean, once again, it's like, it's like, come on. You know, and the problem with that is most people just like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, the county, the state, the city told me I'm in violation of Ordinance 5906. Oh, I got to fix it. And then you find out there is no Ordinance 5906. <laughs> like, who's the jokes on? The joke's on you, you know? Cause the you, joke is on you. But see, once again... You know, nowadays with the internet, you should be able to find anything, anything, right? If you go online, you should be able to say, okay, 
what are all the ordinances you know that can you know are that are about building a building making a parking lot putting a sign up you know i mean how many times like for example there's a recent thing where the guy got cited for having the american flag in front of his business and i can't remember where this was and the city says he's not flying the flag to be a patriot he's flying the flag to get attention for his business Okay, hold on a minute now. Think about that for a minute. So, in other words, if you fly the American flag at your house, you're not flying it because you're a patriot. You're trying to attract attention to your house. You know what I mean? And just I fly the well. I don't fly the well, flag because it it has ruined our um, pole that it's on because we put it attached to the house and it snapped the pole. And it pulled out. Oh, pulled out the well. It, like for example, the current thing right now is how many times have I heard this in the last couple months? Someone comes out, like, typically, like, uh, uh, you know, a a liberal Democrat, and I'm not trying to say that's what they are because they would admit to be a liberal Democrat, Democrat, and they go, yeah, you can always tell these Trump people because when you're in Trump country, there's some guy in a pickup truck with a flag in the back of his truck. Okay, what's wrong with that? How do you know the guy is not a Vietnam vet or or an Afghanistan vet or an Iraq vet? That's very true. And he's proud of his country and he flies. I was behind a guy the other day on a big old Harley, you know, with an American flag. I'm going like, you know, hey, man, you know, show your patriotism. I bet you any money if I would have, you know, gone to the gas station with that guy and I say, hey, man, like the flag. You know, are you a vet? Yep. I bet you any money. He'd tell me he was in the Army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, something like that. And he's proud of the country he served. Why is it, why is it, but yet it's okay to fly this kind of flag. It's okay. Like, remember we had for a while that the, there was demonstrations in California where the people were showing up with Mexican flags. I got a problem with that. If Mexico's so great, guess what? There's the border. Jump on the other side. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I know it's like, it's our people going like, it's our country, love it or leave it. No, I get our country has warts. I know, you know, we have problems. There's issues. But you know what? You work those things out. That's what you do. You work things out. You work with people if you don't like the way. Like, for example, you know this goofy thing they're talking about, this trillion-dollar um, uh, bill that's going right? It's got like 2,700 pages. You know it's on page 508? I do not. Page 508 has, I think, 30 or $40 million, which is going to go toward the Department of Transportation for a pilot program to tax you and I for the mileage we drive. What? Yes. Pete Buttigieg, who is the used to be, you know, presidential candidate, he's the Department of Transportation. His whole thing is he wants to tax people by the mile. He wants to have the car manufacturers and they already have this with like the Teslas. The Teslas, they know where you're at. The Tesla people know where you're at because your car is always online. Your car is connected to the internet. And for example, there's these guys that rebuild wrecked cars. If you buy a wrecked Tesla, it may not run because they've deactivated it over the internet. They've said, okay, that car's totaled. We're going to deactivate it. You can't use it anymore because they've deactivated the car. It tells them constantly where you're at, how many miles you've driven. What the Department of Transportation, this is the this is in the budget right now. If you don't believe me, you can read it, and there are stories about it. Matter of fact, I found one on the internet the other day. They're going to, the government is proposing that every car be connected to, after, you know, every car manufactured after such and such date, let's say 2025, every single car will have a system which will automatically report every mile you drive to the government, and then at the end of the month, they'll send you a bill. If you drove 3,000 miles, you get a bill, 10 cents a mile, you get a bill for what, $300. So basically, Progressive with their little, or Geico with their little snapshot 
that's that's what they're doing. If if you've if you've heard these people that you know that they talk about, hey, we're going to find out how well you drive because not only what they're doing this, they're they're seeing they're checking how fast you accelerate. Like for Shelly, for example, if, if like they know where Shelly was on on three sixty four, she'd be like they're at the new Gutermuth exit and the speed limit's at sixty. They'd know Shelly was doing one hundred and ten right there. And then, You're so full of it, Brad. And and then they would know. They also know how hard you hit the brakes, how fast you accelerate, and how many miles you drive. So that's how they can quote your insurance because it's just risk factor. They go like, okay, Shelly drives in the average of 500 miles a week. That's a lot of miles. Um, we're going to tell her that uh, her insurance rate is $3,452 a month as opposed to her next-door neighbor who never takes her car out of the garage, and that person pays $32 a month. And that's what they're trying to go to, where essentially the government will know exactly how many miles you drive, and you'll get charged for each. And part of the reason is this. You know why they're doing this? Part of the reason? I have no idea. Biden wants electric vehicles. Now, I think he said, they. I think by 20, 2030, he wants half the vehicles in the United States. Guess what the problem with that is? What? When you buy gas, there's a certain amount of tax that goes to the government, for the federal government and the state government for road maintenance. But when you have a Tesla and you plug it in at night, guess what? You don't pay any road use taxes. So what they're essentially preparing for is a day when there will be a lot of electric vehicles out there who aren't buying gasoline, aren't paying tax. They're, being, they're going to charge them by the mile because they don't pay road use tax. They don't pay you know, the gasoline tax. You and I pay for federal and state taxes. That's what they want to do. I'll be darned. And that's what this pilot program is. And what they would do is then the older cars, and what I've read, the older cars would be retrofitted, like the deal with like the progressive, what's the thing called progressive? You said it a minute ago. It's called Snapshot. Snapshot. You plug this thing into the OBD2 port, which is underneath your dashboard, which links to your computer, and it pulls all the data, and it transmits it to the progressive people. And they look, oh, my God, Shelly's doing 110 in a 60-mile-an-hour zone. We're going to triple her rate. <laughs> That's not what they're saying. That's they're saying, they're oh, saying. my God, Brad needs to do at least the 40 minimum speed limit, <laughs> and, then, and he's not even doing and that. And they would say, that Brad, he's no a safe... No wonder cars are going around him and, <laughs> that, and that, giving that, him the third phalange. That Brad, he's a safe driver. We're going to cut his rates, and we're going to triple Shelly's rates because she's a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's what the whole thing is. And if you think I'm kidding about this, I'm. This is I not. Think you're this is not BS. They want to charge you per mile, and I'm going like, okay, enough's enough. I mean, does the government know enough about you already? They know exactly how many miles you drive, where you've been, you know, where you ate dinner at, you know. So basically, what Progressive did was, um, uh, and and all all of the insurance companies actually are following suit yep. with that, but basically what they did was they they sat there and they did product testing for the government. And what's risk analysis? For them, it's risk analysis, you know, because insurance, insurance is all risk about... Risk analysis. Insurance is all about risk. You know, if you've got 10 DWIs, chances are you can't get <laughs> insurance because, in fact, they go like, okay, if he's got 10, there may be 11, and we don't want this guy being drunk and driving into a you know, school bus and killing 10 kids, so we're not going to insure him. So Pretty much. Right. And that's the crazy thing about, like, you know, it used to be, like, your driving record. Like, for example, I know someone, a member of my family, has been driving for... Gosh, 50 years now, never had a ticket, never had an accident. Perfect driving record. Never had a ticket, never had an accident. And what's interesting, this particular person switched insurance companies, and they wanted to make her put the little thing in her OBD2 port to monitor. And she said to them, hey, I've been driving for 50 years. 
check my record. I've never had an accident, never had a ticket. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. What do you mean it doesn't mean anything? <laughs> if you've been driving for 50 years and never had an accident or a ticket, doesn't that say you're a pretty damn good driver? Doesn't my book, you know? I think it does. <laughs> you know, I mean, because all it takes is, like me, three times, once a year, for three years, I'm in a stoplight, guy smashes into me. Next year, I'm in a stoplight, lady smashes into me. Next year, I'm driving down 270, and a tractor trailer hits me. Not once, but twice. None of them my fault. I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But does that mean I'm a bad driver? And then, in 2021, Shelly hits him. <laughs> that was his fault. <laughs> 747. That's a song about Shelly. She's the renegade. I am a renegade. You are absolutely correct. BSTheMorning.show. That's our web address. Web address for uh, 1071 is westplex1071.com. Uh, for KRAP, it's krap.website. <laughs> and once again, Shelly sent me a, a screenshot of somebody on Facebook taking a picture of our transmitter site. <laughs> Who's actually in flight safety in the FAA? <laughs> still, still working for FAA? Mm-hmm. What exactly does flight safety do? Uh, well, they make okay, sure so, they make sure everybody's seatbelts. So fastened. there's air traffic. Yeah. There's there's actually multiple agencies right. within the FAA departments. Yes, yeah, multiple departments. Yes, and flight safety does the um, they come in and they they inspect the planes. I don't know if they do or not. Because a lot of times it's, it has to do with people as well. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I know what? I know a couple of flight safety guys. Um, what happens is, like, if you have an airliner, like, let's say, let's say um, Delta flies from Lambert and they fly to to Montreal in Canada. Once that plane gets into um, Canada, they have to they have to take the air out of the tires and put Canadian air in. And then when the plane comes back to the United States, they have to take the Canadian air out and put the American air back in the tires. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, you told me that, and I know that that's BS. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's really funny that all the – the Aeronautical Center is actually in Oklahoma City, and so everybody within the FAA, whether they're contractors or employees, they they converge on the aeronautical center, and that's where they get their training. Right, isn't that interesting? Right, that's why they have all the strip strip clubs right around the place right there in, in Oklahoma City, right? Well, they do have a, a, a what we call Sin City, yes, <laughs> and it's right near the FAA headquarters, right? It is. See, I wasn't kidding, was I? You thought I was kidding about that. The Oklahoma City, it, it, that's not the FAA headquarters. The FAA headquarters is in, yeah, but that's, is in Washington, D.C., but all, this is part of the Aeronautical Center. That's where the rubber meets the road out there in Oklahoma City. That's where the real working folks go, not the bureaucrats in D.C., right? That's that's actually very true. Yes, that's true, because those are the real worker bees that go to Oklahoma City, the the bureaucrats all end up in D.C., and they tell you what to do. Hey, by the way, you don't think you think I'm kidding about this. They have what? a rule about the FAA have a rule about this, and you know what the rule is? If a plane crashes on the border between the United States and Canada, I mean literally on the border, the nose of the plane hits the border, where do they bury the survivors? Um, they're given place? They're given birthplace? No, you don't bury survivors. <laughs> You suck. <laughs> oh, look, it's 7.56. It's time for us to go, and it's Monday. I got you on that one. <laughs> yeah, you did. 
You really do suck, Brad. <laughs> Thanks. Shelly, you're so kind to me. You're like everybody else in the world who just like makes fun of me and says nasty things about me. I'm thinking to myself, okay, what did I do to that person? What did I do to Tim Jones or Chris Arps or Tony Colombo? What did I do to them? <laughs> do you want it in alphabetical order or order of importance? Other than just give them a little bit of good-natured radio poop, right? Yeah. Check out RadioPoop.com. There's a great article. If you are a fan of Boost Radio, these guys have hijacked Boost Radio. Yes, it's this, they have. They've boosted it. it they boost boost. If you're they a boost fan boost. of of ninety nine one, about the drink. Joy ninety nine one and the Boost one hundred five. Now they're ninety five five. They used to be ninety four one. Tim Jones, Chris Arp, and Tony. Um, I'm going to retire just like Mark Close did from the radio business, Colombo. Um, there's a story about what they did. They they boosted boost. They literally broke into another radio station's transmitter site, and they hijacked the transmitter. That's all on RadioPoop.com this morning. Check it out. Okay, we done? We'll do that. We done? We are done. Stick a fork in us. We're done. Everybody have a great week. We will talk to you tomorrow. I am Brad. He is Shelly. You've been listening to BS in the Morning, and you can find us at BS in the Morning. That show. What are we supposed Peace. to what, what do? We, what did you say? Do what to us again now? I'm sorry? You said you said something about a fork? What? You said something about a fork. What was it you said about a fork? I didn't say anything about a fork. Stick a fork in us? Didn't you say that? Oh, yes. Yeah, stick a fork in us. We're done. So in other words, we're forked is what you're saying? <laughs> it's 758. <laughs>